This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Behold podcast. I think this is episode 118 or something, which is staggering that we've been doing this this long at the same time it's just flown by so if you've been with us for a while we're thankful that you're with us just listening along and talking about truth and scripture together my name is sean and i'm here with dan as usual that's right i'm always here um i mean unless i'm not but i'm usually here well said (laughs) and today we also have uh quite the treat actually uh what's a good intro he he's he's a madman cyclist he is a monster cyclist. He's he's a brilliant techie uh, guy. Sometimes he has kind of like janky methods, though. Well, he does get he does get a little janky. Uh, this is our this is one of our elders uh, here at Valley Bible Church. A very kind, wise man, uh, Jim Janky. Everybody, good to have nice, you with us. Nice sir. to be with you guys, Jim. I'm sure you know because you're on top of these statistics things. How many feet have you climbed this year so far on your bicycle? Ooh. It's been a while since I've looked. I think I'm at like two hundred and seventy-five thousand. Not too shabby. Now this is and are are you are you a Strava uh, user? Is that how you track all that? Okay. Do you have any? Um, so for just those yesterday, people, yeah. Just yesterday, I crossed over six thousand miles for the year. Oh, that's exciting. Now I know a lot of you may not know Strava is is kind of a fitness tracking app, and there's all different kinds of you know if you're a runner or a cyclist or whatever. And there's different like uh, records and challenges you can you can have on there, Sean. Oh, don't even get me started okay. on this topic right okay. now. Okay, so Jim, do you have any claim to fame? Do you do you own any records on Strava at all? Well, there's one. Uh, I I do have a segment that I actually beat Daryl Smith on, but Ooh. I'm not going to share what it is because I won't be able to hang on to it. Wow! Oh yeah, because if you say it, he'll then he'll 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 get he'll get hell bent on on beating you. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not shy. Speaking of Daryl Smith and his KOMs, <laughs> I stole one two years ago from him. And it's on the Tuscany Loop. If y'all have ever been on that before, and there's a really short, steep hill right in the beginning, and I stole that KOM, and he was so and he called me from Colorado angry just yelling at me what the heck man you're stealing old man's crown you know but i've had that for two years and i was pretty confident on this one no one's gonna beat this this was just a crazy effort people have tried i've watched the top 10 change over the months no one has gotten it and then just last week i'm shooting a wedding and i get a ding on my my phone and strava emailing me that someone stole my KOM, and i was literally in disbelief i could not believe it king of mountain or king of the mountain that's what it is i couldn't believe it so if you're listening mr adam white i'm gonna get you back pretty soon Uh, okay well don't kill yourself and if you knew if you knew adam white you probably would have called him from wherever you are oh 100 percent. to the point where i i at first i i suspected foul play like an electric bike there, or there's something. There's no power meter, no heart rate meter. So I said, it must have been an e-bike. There's no way. That shows you how how prideful I am. Turns out, I asked around. Adam White is just a monstrous biker in the area, and he's well-known. He's got like hundreds of crowns. So maybe it's possible that I'm just a less good cyclist than Adam White. <laughs> wow. Well, it's it's great to, to be in the presence of such greatness. Um, here, you know, a couple of kings of the mountains. 
Um, but Sean, uh, tell, tell the beholders what, what we're up to today. Yeah, so if you've been with us on Sundays, we've been in this series called Household of God. And the point is we're looking at seven aspects or arenas of what it looks like to be a faith family. You know, what does scriptures tell us to do and how to operate and the purposes of those things as we are a faith family together. And so we've taken one elder each week, which has been a fun treat for each of those topics, been assigned to help kind of from the elders' hearts share, you know, because I, I make this joke, I made this joke on this podcast already, but there's a lot of different places you could go to figure out how to form your church and how to structure your church. And some people turn to uh, denominations, what they tell them, or they go to what other churches are doing. And I think I can faithfully say that we have done it based on what the Bible has said. And so it's been really great to look at each of these seven um, aspects and just straight from scripture. Why does scripture tell us to do this when it, when it comes to our leadership structure? Why does scripture say to do this when it comes to having a culture of discipleship? And then today we're looking at the idea of, of groups and really just the idea of fellowship in life together. That's kind of the way to think about it. It's not, not as much as the mechanics of being in a small group, you know, but more so, why does God intend for his sons and daughters to exist in life together in fellowship as they go through the highs and the lows? Is that a good way of saying that, Jim? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, well put. I, um, you know, one of the things that I had shared is we're, we're better together than we are apart. And, you know, God made us as relation, relational creatures and we should be in relationship. And I can't think of a better way to do that than a VBC group. Yeah, I think one of the things that I really appreciated about Jim, what, what you and Nate shared is I just thought it was a really great sell. You know, it's kind of a weird thing to, to think about, like <laughs> in a church context, like, hey, we're selling something. But but basically what I think you guys did a great job of doing is is expressing the value of, hey, why why do we need to gather together in in not just on Sunday mornings, but all throughout the week in in groups? What, what's the, what's the point of it? Why, why are we so big on it? And really essentially what, what I took away was it's an opportunity for us to experience the life of Christ, um, you know, in a more intimate focused way. And, you know, we talk, we talk about this, this idea of fellowship, this Greek word koinonia, um, which, which just means like, Hey, we're, we are sharing life with each other. It's kind of an Acts 242 thing where we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting under biblical sound teaching. We're being generous with each other. We're using our gifts to bless each other. Um, we're spending time in prayer. Um, we're encouraging each other to, to engage in kingdom work. And, and, um, I just thought you guys, you guys really, um, sold it, you know? And, but one thing I wanted to ask you about Jim is I, I couldn't help as, as I was listening, just kind of looking out at the crowd. And I just know that there's many people in our church family who are going through, some kind of trial or struggle, whether it's the loss of a loved one, um, whether it's fin- financial issues, relational struggles in a marriage or, or a friendship or, or um, just some kind of maybe depression or anxiety or, or just something that is really besetting them. And I, I couldn't help but just think <laughs> of them just almost like deer in the headlights, like, how am I supposed to invest in, in this kind of way? How am I supposed to get involved with people in this kind of way? It, it's all I can do to just get here on Sunday morning. And I'm really struggling. I'm really going through hardship. And you guys hit on this a little bit, but I was hoping we could unpack it some more. Like, Jim, what would you say to somebody that, it, that, would, that would have that response as they were listening? Like, 
man, I'm struggling so much. Like, how could I, how could I possibly get in a group at this point? How, how would you answer them? Yeah. Uh, well, let me tie, uh, you, you made a couple of comments there that I, I think are worth tying together. And, um, I, our, Nathan and I were not trying to sell, but rather motivate, you know, why is it that you should consider being in a small group if you're not already in one? And if you're in one, uh, why are you there? You know, you've been placed in that group for a reason. God has given you certain gifts, and are you exercising those? Yeah. Um, but um, I, all of us are broken people. Uh, so, you know, if you're holding off because you feel like, hey, I don't have things together enough, um, you're coming into a group of people that are also broken, and, and they also need community. Um the, the, I can't understate the importance of uh, getting the support that that you need through other believers that can give you uh, sound biblical counsel as you're going through that trouble. Um, and and whether you, you know, maybe you can't make it every week because you know stuff comes up that that's okay, um, but be there when you can so that you can develop those relationships and you can start to unload some of those burdens that you're carrying by yourself. Um, Jesus says that he's there to help carry our burdens, um, but so is our faith community. Uh, So I I would say make it a priority. Uh, It's not like uh, time is magically going to appear, but uh, those relationships are ones that will carry you through thick and thin. And and you know, we're talking about the valleys, right, the struggles, but there's also the victories. I mean, isn't it great when, you know, good things come your way and you have people that, sh- who do you call to say, hey, you know, this really great thing happened. Uh, you know, this is a, a group that can help with that too. Man, I love how you described that of just, in some ways it just makes so much sense, Right. Uh, but also uh, you just mentioned that Jesus says he'll take our burdens, you know, and that reminds me of, which I think is so fitting for this conversation, this topic of Matthew 11, when he's talking about coming to him when you're burdened, you know, and it's really interesting because I think what Dan shared is really common these days. People feel overwhelmed or just overburdened or not enough time in the day. And right. it's a very normal thing that I think a lot of families are experiencing in the Bay area, especially, um, and, and it, on one hand, it makes sense that someone who's in that place, their initial knee-jerk response is, I need to rest and do nothing. You know, that's the solution is I need to do less stuff. Yeah. And and when Jesus talks in Matthew 11, it's so interesting because he says, he's talking to all those people who are labored and heavy laden to you who are labored, come, I will give you rest. But then how does he say he's going to do that? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find your rest. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you don't know what a yoke is, it's like um, it's like the wooden thing that attaches oxen together when they're when they're plowing the fields, you know. And so, rather than saying from Jesus, rather than saying, if you're burdened and, and heavy laden. Come and do nothing and you'll feel rested. Instead, Mm. he says, come with me and I will help you carry your burdens. I'll help you plow the field in a way that is easier for you. And I think groups are so much like that. Our our knee-jerk response, I think Satan really tries to force this as well, is 
I need to say no to groups and no to discipleship and no to Sunday or whatever Too it is. Too much stuff going on, whatever, yeah. yeah. But in reality, Jesus is calling us, no, 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 come with me and we'll do those things together in an easier way for your souls. I think groups are so much like that. You know, we think, oh, I don't have time for groups. When in reality, being in groups will enrich every other thing in your life that you're talking about. That's that's your problem in the first place. It might give you like more capacity to do all the things that, that you, you, you have to do, you know, and, and to... You know, have the support you need. Um, so, yeah, great, great point, Sean. You know, Jim. Another thing that I wanted to to ask you about is just your your kind of experience as an elder, because I know you guys hear from, you know, just all different kinds of people in different situations um, about. You know, that's part of the role of a shepherd is is like, hey, someone is is struggling, hurting. They need, they need support. They're in crisis and, and they, they come to you, you know, as, as elders looking for support. And I hear from a lot of people, um, that have left the church over the years that I've been here, you know, and one of the things they say is, man, we just never really felt like cared for or loved or supported or connected. And, um, you know, one of the first things that I think a lot of us on staff and as elders ask them is, well, are are you connected with a group? Right. And so can you just talk about your, your kind of thought process as an elder, you know, with, with regards to, to just caring for people? Um, what, what is, what is, what is our strategy? What, what, what can we do? Um, and how can groups help? Yeah. Uh, great, great thought, Dan. Um, yeah. One of our struggles is often we'll find out when that crisis is, turned into a, a full-blown meltdown. meltdown. <laughs> it's critical. Uh, and, and why is that? Uh, it's, it's because you know, we don't know everybody intimately, and it's, you know, they may not come to us saying, you know, hey, we're, we're having difficulty working through this. No, it's, it's at the point where it's a crisis. And it, it, it hurts to hear that that's, that's where they've gotten to. Um, my my heart is that that small group is is that first line of defense. It's a safe environment for you to say, you know, hey, we're going through a rough patch. It's not a meltdown yet, but we're having a rough patch. We're not communicating well. You know, there's been some life changes that have taken place that have caused stress in our our relationship, and we need help. And uh, the small group can rally around them. They can certainly pray for them. There's good counsel within that group um, and you know, that that can carry through a, a lot of these issues it may come to a point where the group says you know this is more than we can we can handle and then they can reach out to the the elders at that point and hopefully still we're, we're pre-meltdown and, yeah. and we can come alongside the group and and help the group and help that that couple that's that's or person that's in crisis um, and, you know, the other thing we hear uh, are people that leave the church saying, you know, I, I never connected. I never could connect with anybody. And um, my assumption is that they haven't been in a small group. Uh, and so, you know, we need those connections. And and it takes time. It, it, it's relationships are an investment of time. Um, but that gives you that connection. And uh, those connections will be there for when that crisis comes. 
and have people that you can you can share with and pray with you. Yeah, because because Sunday mornings, I just think just by the nature, logistically, you know, you, you're not you're not really going to have that. You're not going to have the opportunity to be intimately known. You know, you're not going to have the opportunity to to share uh, and and hear from other people what what they're going through, you know, really. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's super important. I, I know you have a recent, ex, you know, example of, of someone in your group going through, uh, a difficult time and, and how do you want to talk a little bit about how your group rallied around them? And yeah. Yeah. So, um, in our group, there was, uh, one of the, the guys in our group was having some health issues and, um, turned out to be a, a genetic heart condition that required, I think he said it is the riskiest heart surgery that there is. Wow. And um, the, the surgery itself is long and complicated. Um, they stopped his heart for, I forget how many hours. Um, and so, you know, there was a journey that, um, he and his wife went through where they were discovering what was going on and, and what are the, the possible steps that they can take. Um, and through that whole time, our group was praying for them. Uh, and then eventually that surgery came up and you know, something like that is overwhelming. How, how can you take that on yourself? How can you, your spouse take it on when you're seeing that your loved one is Going into a surgery with a you know, 75% probability of success, that means that, mm. you know, gosh, may not make it. Yeah. Um, so we were able to pray with them before the surgery. Um, we were praying during the surgery. And then, you know, they, they come back, right? He's still in the hospital. She's going back and forth uh, to the house doesn't have time for anything and you know, we were providing meals for for them uh, and uh, yeah it was great to be able to come alongside them as they went through that and um, he has a great testimony as a result of, of that experience uh, that's so cool well and, and I just I just think like you you and your group were doing that kind of level of care that staff and elders we could never provide for everybody in the body you know, now you just so happen to be an elder, but like you, you, when you were doing that, you weren't necessarily functioning as an elder. You were just functioning as a member of this group. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I think a lot of people just sometimes they, they think like, Oh, the shepherds of Valley Bible church are going to be there for me when I have my crisis. And, and we, we want to do that so badly and we will do that as much as we're able to, but if if it's all just on us, people are going to fall through the cracks. But like in a dream scenario, every single person in our body is is connected to a a VBC group, so that we there can be like shepherding and pastoring and and care that just happens real time, you know, on a, on a on a much more intimate level. And um, that's really our vision and our hope. And um, you know, and you said something too, Jim, that I think is really good to reiterate is like, cause that can sound scary and intimidating for some people. <laughs> and, um, I've experienced this personally with people that I'm connected with in groups where I'm, I'm walking alongside of them and, and we're, we're kind of, we're going, I'm helping them through a, 
a burden or a struggle or a trial or whatever. And I've gotten to simply a point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm a little bit out of my depth here. Uh, our group is caring for you as best we can, but, but let's involve the elders because we need, we need that wisdom. We need that authority. We need that, that support. They need to know what's going on. And we kind of like, you know, run it up the flagpole and, and, and then the elders can come in and, and, and help. And so that is always available to people that are, that are group leaders. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great model, right? Is you, you have the group to help you with, you know, different situations. And at a certain point, the group may feel like, you know, we need, we need some help here. Yeah. And and that's when it's appropriate for uh, them to reach out to us. No, that's so good, Jim. I'm really thankful for you just being willing to come on and share with us. And, you know, one insight as I'm listening to you talk about your experience with your group is you guys aren't just, um, hanging out together. You know, you're not just, getting dinner and playing games and going home. You know, you're, you're there for each other in a real way. And I think that's an important thing to take note of because I think it's becoming really common to just do hangouts as Christians and not do that kind of life-giving support fellowship that you're describing, you know? And it's totally possible you might be involved with people in your life. Like you might be listening and saying, hey, I hang out with people three times a week, you know, (laughs) and I don't feel that way. Well, that could be a huge part of it is that, yeah, you're you're together, but are you really fellowshipping? Are you really experiencing that koinonia that we're talking about? And, you know, that's like someone said the other day about this Household of God series that poses a question. Is this just an infomercial to get us to do more, you know? And that just makes me sad because you're missing the heart of what we're talking about here. You know, um, we said this on Sunday at the Ultima, at least, of we asked people to show hands of, hey, how many of you have had physical hardship in the last month? You know, and some hands went up. How many of you have had emotional hardship? And almost every single hand went up. Many of you have had relational hardship. You know, most hands went up. And then we asked them to not raise their hands. And we said, how many of you have felt like you were doing that alone? And even though we asked them not to raise their hands, man, the majority of the room is nodding along, identifying with that. Hmm. And that loneliness piece, I think, is is a really um, sneaky one and a, a tool of the enemy because I was just looking it up. And I know you're, you're short on time a little bit, Jim. I'll, I'll try to be concise here. I was looking it up. And what would you guys guess out of all the age groups, you know, young adults, career age adults, parents, grandparents, seniors, what's the loneliest demographic? Hmm. I'll let you guess, Jim. You, you seem like you got something. <laughs> Boy, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I can speak from personal experience. For me, it was uh, shortly after graduating from college. Okay, because- well, you hit the head on the nail. It's it's 18 to 24-year-olds. Okay. 18 okay. to 24-year-olds. Yeah. It says, as of 2022, in a study of 20,000 people or something like that, 79% of 18 to 24 year olds report feeling lonely in life hmm. compared to seniors 66 and older, only 40% of them. So almost double the rate. It's 80% of young adults feel lonely in life, you know? And, and that's what we're trying to say with this whole series. And with this week is that should not be the case. You know, we, as the people of God, and maybe that statistic is different amongst Christians. I don't know. But we, we should not be feeling like we're having to go through life alone. And in that time, in that place, we are feeling alone in life, going through hardships. And that is just Satan's playground to, to lie to you, to distract you, to lead you astray. And it says here, associated with those things, with, with loneliness in life, increased risk of mental health problems, depression, anxiety, 
low self-esteem, sleep issues, stress. I mean, how many of you, as I read that list right now, are saying, yeah, I feel that one or that one? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd ask yourself, if you are feeling that way at any of those things I just listed, are you dealing with them in the context of community and fellowship in any way? If not, then you should be, because that's that's how God has designed us to operate, is to, like you guys shared, man, just, just be there for each other, be willing to take on each other's burdens and help go through life together. That's really good. Yeah, well, well, we're going to uh, continue this conversation, uh, uh, Jim, after we let you get back to uh, your busy work schedule. Um, but is there any last little pearls of wisdom you want to leave our, our beholders with, you know, just this, this is it, Jim, this is your, this is your moment. What, you know, what's the, what's the last thing about groups you want to, you want to leave us with? Um, boy, I guess, well, I, I can, I, I'll, I'll leave two. Okay. Two. One we, is, we will allow it. Okay. One is we talked about S2 groups, um, mostly because if you're looking for a way to get involved in a group and you're, you've n- haven't done it and you're feeling, uh, a little overwhelmed by that prospect, an S2 group is an easy way to, to get connected, to try, try a group. Tell them really and, quick what, what's an S2 group. Just tell them really quick. So it's a sermon series group. It follows the messages on Sundays. And, and so the, the on ramp, off ramp is beginning and end of a series, but you can join anytime. Um, and, you know, my encouragement would be, this is the second part, is if you're not in a group, to try it. And um, I think, you know, the things that we've talked about today, the things that Sean just talked about, um, you'll experience and um, you, you'll want to continue. Uh, we, all, we all desire relationships that they just take time to develop. Uh, so you need to invest the time and get connected. That's great. Jim, we can't thank you enough for being with us. Um, and, uh, go, go back to, you know, saving the world. Um, one meeting at a time. <laughs> All, All right, right, Jim, Jim take, take care. care. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, we're still here. You're still stuck with, uh, with Sean and I, um, we were, we were going to have Nate with us as well, but he bailed on us. He had more important things to do. So, so Sean, like, you know, where, what, what are some things that we can, um, I don't know, just as you were listening to Jim, like some, did, did any, uh, scriptures come to mind or, or any, any ideas just kind of like, just about application and, and, um, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we bring this home for people? Yeah. I mean, for me, just that, even though we're still here, I feel like that was really a great concise chunk with, with groups and whatnot. It was. Uh, but to me, I just application wise, uh, with these kinds of things, I try to be good. I don't always, but I try to be good about identifying like red flags that I should be aware of mm. in my heart and my mind. And I think in the issue of fellowship and groups, there's definitely some red flags you should watch out for, you know? And two of them that I just in my heart heard while Jim was talking, you were talking was if you ever find yourself saying the phrase, I'm too busy to fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ, that is a lie from Satan. Mm-hmm. So you have to treat that as such, you yeah. know, don't, don't, that, that's the kind of thing we say in passing and we say it as kind of like an, oh, well, we move on, you know, yeah. but man, that, that, that sentiment will never come from God, right? Because it's not his design for us. And so that's one red flag. So if you catch yourself saying that immediately take note, pray and assess like, man, it, 
do I need to adjust something in my life? Right. Well, and we all make time for the things that we think are most important. hundred percent. So, so it might just be a call to reprioritize how you spend your time. Amen to that. My other one was, um, you know, I've had people in my life say something around the, 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 the feeling of like, I'm just not worthy of like people's attention. You know, mm. it's kind of has to do with that, that self-esteem chunk of yeah. like, I think that's a big lie that Satan tells people when they're feeling down and they're feeling um, depressed or anxious or their, their self-esteem is low. He's so cunning in like trying to trap them in isolation. Right. Yeah. And right. And of course he would, if he's trying to destroy everything that we want as God's people, then why wouldn't, of course, that's the number one way he's going to keep that person astray is by keeping them alone. Right. Yeah. So that's red flag number two. If you ever find yourself feeling that way of like, not just, Hey, I'm tired. I had a long week. That's, that's understandable. You know, but if you find yourself saying anything like, Oh man, nobody wants to see me, you yeah. know, or I can't contribute to that group or anything like that, man, just, just nip that in the bud and bring that in prayer before the Lord, because that as well will never be a sentiment that our perfect father in heaven would say or think towards his righteous son and da- sons and daughters. Right. Yeah, no, it's really good. And, and I also think too, the, I think the, the flip side of that could be a situation where I was talking to somebody, uh, just last week who hadn't been to church in a really long time and, or at least hadn't been to our church in a long time. And, you know, they were saying just like, man, I I just don't connect with anybody here. Like everybody, you know, this is a, this is a person who's had a pretty tough life, you know, and has seen some things and gone through some, some, some real trauma. And, you know, they were just saying, man, like everybody just seems so happy and fake. And I just can't, I I can't get on their level. You know, it's cheesy to me. It's corny, (laughs) you know? And I just was like, I was like, I get that, you know? And we're all, we all are looking for people. We want to have people that are, we can relate to and, and that feel the same to us. And, um, but really, you know, when, when you look at the, 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 the body, the way it's described and Nate did a great job talking about it on Sunday is like, we're, we're not all the same and that's the design, right? Some of us are a leg. Some of us are a finger. Some of us are an ear. Some of us are an eye and, there's beauty in the, the variety, but there's also unity in our purpose. And so I think sometimes people don't get in groups because they're just like, these people are too weird and different and, and they're annoying. And I just, I just want to be by myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, I, but I think really the answer on both sides is, um, is humility. You know, I think uh, I love, so Nate, Nate brought us to Romans 12 and there's just some great stuff in there just to help us navigate, uh, this idea of fellowship and just living in, living in doing life with each other, yeah. you know? And one of the, one of the verses he didn't cover and, and, um, you know, you can't cover everything cause the time is finite. That's what the podcast is for. We can just <laughs> ramble on and on. Um, but one of the, one of the verses I love from, from Romans 12 is this, um, verse three, it says, uh, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So I love that idea. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but of sober judgment, what does it mean to think of oneself with sober judgment? 
And it's, it's, I don't think too highly of myself, but I also don't think too lowly of myself. And I think of others, um, cause that's, you're never going to do that sober judgment in isolation, right? Because <laughs> a lot of times if we're not having sober judgment of ourselves, we're comparing ourselves to somebody else and saying we're better than them or we're not as good as them. And, and I just love that idea of, um, you know, just living with this, like not thinking too much, not thinking too little, but just thinking just right. Like, what does God think of me according to the grace that he's given me? What, what is, um, God's view of me and, and that will inform how we view others and connect to others. Um, and then, you know, maybe, maybe we can kind of keep talking about Romans 12 a little bit, Sean, cause, cause Nate, um, brought us to like, I think verses, um, verses nine and 10, uh, you know, just this idea of like, well, that section is, is like marks of a true Christian, which I think is interesting, right? Yeah. You know, like if you are really a disciple of Jesus, you're going to be uh, treating people a, a certain type of way, which means you're involved with people in a certain type of way. <laughs> yeah. So, so any thoughts on, on like, you know, Romans 12, nine and 10 or, or what Nate talked about in light of that stuff? Yeah. I mean, this is a phrase I think that we, we, we have said, we probably will keep saying during this series mm-hmm. um, is there's a lot of things that we describe and talk about in scenarios we go through that are under, understandable, but not excusable. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the person you just described. I totally get that sentiment, you know, mm-hmm. of like, I've been, I've been through hard stuff in my life. I totally get that. It's understandable, but it's not excusable. If you are a follower of Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Nate's way hitting that is there's just a certain um, set of heart things, right? Mm. That the Holy Spirit should do in all of us if we are following and pursuing Jesus. And this is one of them, you know, desiring to grow and desiring to serve one another is, is a big part of it. And you mentioned humility, which I think is a really important thing for that person specifically, mm-hmm. is that that's understandable if your expectation is I'm here to get something and then leave, you know? Yeah. Like, that, like the way that you just described that person, and this is a theoretical person, you know, but these people exist for sure. It's like they talk about it like they would talk about watching like a chick flick or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not me, you know? Yeah. It's not for me. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. If it's a one way transactional thing, I totally get it. But if perhaps God has told us that the purpose of these things is actually for us to use our varied gifts to serve one another, mm-hmm. then that no longer makes sense. Cause like, dude, I get it. You've have a, you've had trauma, you've had hurt, but God has promised that he's going to use that to benefit his kingdom and to serve those around you and make you mm-hmm. a better lover towards those people. Yeah. Then that's where the inexcusable part comes in. Cause then it's inexcusable for you to not use that for you to say, no, I'm not going to serve those around me with that yeah. experience, you know? And we all know stories of people who have had really unique hurts and traumas and hardships and then have turned that around and used them in amazing ways for God's people, you know? Started specific groups for people who've gone through this kind of trauma or gone through this or, yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. We need those people, you know? I get it. I get the whole cheesy thing, but we need <laughs> we need these people because like you said in Romans 12, we're all different. We're very, we're, we're, we're a diverse body and that's God's plan. And if a foot stops, starts talking about not wanting to serve the body, then we're going to be in trouble, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're all kind of in process, right? So I think the evaluation that we, it's almost like every week, the, the, the response time is, is forcing us to look at ourselves and evaluate, right? And the, 
what we're trying to um, help us all do, give us space to do is, is to just see like, you know, am I, am I at least progressing in these areas? I may be like deficient, you know, in whatever issue, whether it's, you know, thinking of the house as a household of God as a family or Mm -hmm. being involved with discipleship or getting connected with groups. Like maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're not where you need to be, but, but are you progressing? I mean, cause this person that we're talking about, this, this unnamed individual, they credit to them, they showed up, they were there credit to them. Hey, they were honest with me about how they were feeling. So there, there, there are things that can be happening, even if we're not where we where we need to be. At least we're moving in in a direction. You know, we're 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 not where we used to be either, right? So so try to try to behold her at home listening. Just try to try to evaluate. Like, hey, maybe maybe I'm I haven't fully gotten to the point where I'm like, yes, I'm in a group. But like, is is are you starting to warm up to the idea? Is is there movement? Are you are you reaching out to people? Are you are you investigating? You know, and 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 that's really kind of all we can we can really hope for is like just some progress, right? Because we're all in different places. Hundred percent. And I just want to make sure that like this isn't being communicated. There is not this like ideal picture of a Christian churchgoer that we're trying to like get people towards. You know. But sometimes you'll feel that way. Like I'm sure this person, that's kind of what they described is like, oh, everyone's in this certain like image of what goody two shoes Christianity looks like on Sunday mornings. And I'm not <laughs> nice. that, so I can't participate. Nice. You know? No, no, no. What we want and are striving for is just people who understand the beauty of the salvation they received and then are answering the call of what God says about, man, use that to serve one another, you know? Yeah. And even like not only could God be empowering you to serve others with your unique experiences that you've had, but by you not participating in those things, you're robbing someone else of the opportunity to love you like Jesus. You know, you're, 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 you're robbing them of the opportunity to be sanctified in the way that they can support and love you in those hardships, you know? Yeah. So it's really is a two way road in that way. Yeah. And it's so cool. Cause you know, going back to Romans chapter 12, um, verse 10, just, this is just so good. Just let this sink in, love one another with brotherly affection. So there's a, there's a type of, um, care and support and, um, you know, championing for each other, championing, championing, championing. That's a hard word to say, yes. but there, but there, there's a, there's a, there's a connection we're supposed to have with each other that, that is, is, um, is, is like a family. Right. And, and again, you have to untangle if you have had a bad brother or your siblings, you know, growing up, were not kind to you. Uh, you have to understand God's talking. We're talking about this godly brotherly affection, right? And then second part of that is outdo one another in showing honor. And what what a cool just thing for us to camp out on. It's like, okay, we're not supposed to be competitive at all, except for in in showing honor to each other. Mm. I I'm going to, you know, it's like that silly thing. It's like, like you open the door for someone and you're like, no, 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 you you go. No, no, allow me, you know? And that's kind of a silly, silly picture of it. But man, what would our community look like if we loved each other like brothers and we, we were competitively driven to show honor to each other. And I just think about like, in order to do that with people, (sighs) sitting in a room, you know, with 150 people, like on a Sunday morning, it's just not going to happen. Like you have to get in there and, and kind of get your hands dirty. And this phrase we say a lot, you have to do life together, which, uh, you know, hopefully that makes sense to people, 
right? Um, I think one of the things that that um, maybe from again from Romans twelve that that might put uh, some some meat on the bones for living li- doing life with people. Verse fifteen and sixteen, it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly." And um, and it goes on from there, but but don't you love that idea, Sean, of like, hey, I want to be so connected with people that their joy is my joy. Their sorrow is my sorrow. I want to be so involved with people. Um, I want to be, be doing life together in such a way that there's harmony, right? Um, and, and, you know, if you think about harmony, like, you know, we, we sing harmony with people all the time, you know, and for worship, it's like, there, there's an in sync kind of, you know, movement and there's, there's a blending and there's a, not only are you, you're not just singing, but you're listening as well yeah. and you're moving together and you're flowing together. And so that's what we mean by doing life together. And, um, there's, there's so much, uh, like human flourishing in that. Um, it's hard. Yeah. There's, there's effort involved, but the reason we're hammering this so much is because we know that if 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 you take advantage of it, if you avail yourself of it, you will experience more of the life of Christ in your in your pursuit of it. Amen to that. And I would just say, you know, I I think I mean I'll just speak plainly. I, I don't care as much if you're in a S2 group, or if you're in a Mark Hart Unveiled group, you know, if you're, or if you're at Rivoli on Wednesday mornings or whatever, it's, that's not the point. We're trying to hit numbers on these things. The point is just, man, assess your heart in your life. I think we can all do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Am I someone who is seeking to fulfill those calls in Romans 12 or not? Am I someone who is looking for and seeking community and fellowship in life or am I prioritizing whatever, X, Y, or Z, above yeah. the body of Christ? And if yeah. you can say, honestly, you are, then great. Keep doing what you're doing. It. Keep killing it for, for your church family and for the kingdom of God, you know? Mm-hmm. But for many, many of us, I think if we were honest to ourselves, we would say, no, we should probably grow in that area. We're isolated, yeah. And, yeah. Or, or, you know, and I think that was one of the other things, too, and maybe this is the last thing I'll share, is like, it, just action step. Like, you know, we're really trying, really trying to help our church family, like, do something with these messages, not just be like, Oh, that's a nice idea. Like, what do you got for me next week? You know? Um, and so just some action steps, like, um, there, there's a form they can fill out online, Sean, right? Where do they get that? You can go to BBC online slash household of God, I think resources yeah. or there's a check house- the posters and the, they're everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So if you go to either of our campuses, we've got posters with QR codes, you can scan them. Um, so if you're here during the week or on Sundays, um, we'll have a resource table there as well on Sundays to 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 talk you through it. But but we want you to fill out a form. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to geographically um, put people together in groups and just try it. Right? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> right? You go and maybe it's not the best click and it doesn't really work. But you gave it a shot and and maybe maybe the next round you hop to a different group. Right? Um, so so just take a step of faith and just get in a group like, and just see what God does. <laughs> that, that's actually step one. And then, you know, for those of us that are already in groups, right? Maybe, maybe you're like Jim, Jim's group, and it's been going on for decades. You know, I know there's a lot of different groups at VBC like that. Um, 
Nate and Jim g- gave us a, a, basically a profile of a healthy biblical group. Like what kind of activities are we doing? What, what, what's the, um, what's, what's like the, the spirit and the heart behind the group. And, and we've talked about it a little bit here today, but just take some time and evaluate yourself along those lines. Like, and essentially what it comes down to is like, are we, are we using our gifts to serve each other? Are we building each other up um, by, by engaging with God's word, beholding him in his word? Are we experiencing the life of Christ when we gather together? Um, and so just, just take some time and evaluate your, your, your gathering, your group. Are, are you, are, are you doing, are you, are you really doing it the biblical way, you know, or is it just kind of a hangout? Um, and if, if so, you know, what, what are, what are some things you can, um, cultivate, you know, in that group to, to experience more of this life that we're talking about. And, um, and we're here to help you too, right? We have, um, we have a pretty good amount of experience between our, our VBC staff of, of being in groups, groups that were good, groups that were not so good. And we might be able to help you um, steer the ship a little bit. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Yep. It's awesome and practical. I think maybe just my ending thought is really just a a regurgitation earlier (laughs) of just, Hey, read through Matthew 11, you know, I think it's verses 28 through 30 of what Jesus says about you when you're burdened, what he's going to do. And, have that expectation with groups because Dan just said that groups are an extension of the life of Jesus, right? And so when you go to a group, don't expect all your problems to just be solved, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, some problems will be solved genuinely by being in fellowship for sure, but don't expect all your life problems to go away. But instead, expect in the same way that Jesus offers to help us carry our burdens and do the work in a way that's easy for our souls, expect that same thing out of the groups that your problems aren't all going to go away, but you'll be able to be helped through your, through those problems and, and find some of those things like joy and peace and hope and all those things that are, that just come along with participating in the life of Jesus and the kingdom of God in that process. Bingo. Well said. Okay. Hey, come, come worship with us on Sunday. Um, at the Altamont, we're going to be talking about. At the Altamont, we'll be talking about evangelism. Yeah. Woo. And at the crossing, we're going to be talking about serving. So, Don't forget single service at the crossing. Yes. It's a 10 a.m. service. It's daylight savings time. What? Extra sleep. And then immediately after um, that single service at the crossing, we're going to have a ministry expo. So plan on lingering a little bit after just to kind of peruse the different ministries that we have going at our church. And yeah, maybe maybe see how you might um, plug into one of those and, and serve, use your gifts. Uh, see how you might just thank them, uh, offer to pray for them. Um, just get some more information about what they're doing. You might be surprised at how many different ministries are going on at VBC. So that's going to be a fun time next Sunday. I mean, this Sunday, I guess. Dang, I always do that. This Sunday. Yeah, and honestly, maybe this is one way for you to, to find more fellowship in your life is through serving if you're not mm. serving. Bingo. Hey, yo. All right, guys. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.